Case two, Bodhidharma's emptiness. Introduction. A man presented a jewel three times, but didn't escape punishment. When a luminous jewel is thrown to anyone, few do not draw their sword. For an impromptu guest, there is no impromptu host. What's appropriate provisionally is not appropriate for the real. If unusual treasures and rare jewels cannot be put to use, I'll bring out the head of a dead cat. Look. Case. Emperor Wu of Liang asked great teacher Bodhidharma, what is the highest meaning of the holy truths? Bodhidharma said, empty, there's no holy. The emperor said, who are you facing me? Bodhidharma said, don't know. The emperor didn't understand. Bodhidharma subsequently crossed the Yangtze River, came to Shaolin, and faced a wall for nine years. Nandia will read her reflection. Anelda, were you about to, to go? Oh, go ahead. Are you sure? Yes. Um, I wrote a little poem. One cannot catch a priceless jewel on a sword's tip. If you see someone sitting opposite you, you are looking too hard. Where will the guests sit? Shaolin is the birthplace. Damo, progenitor. Chan, baby. Chi ya! No cats were harmed in the making of this movie. Hmm? I don't know if people know the history of Shaolin, but uh, it's a very, very famous temple in China, the birthplace of Chan Buddhism. And uh, uh, Bodhidharma was very important there. His, his, he was called Damo. And it's also uh, the place where uh, Kung Fu was born. There was a, it was a great center for the practicing and the teaching of martial arts. Um, so his meditating there for nine years, uh, which it refers to at the end is um, very significant in terms of the, the whole, the whole thing of the emptiness. No cats were harmed in the making of this movie, empty, empty empty, even though I can't read it. Mm. That's my reflection. Thank you. Thank you. And may I go next? Sure. This case is about intimacy. Not knowing is most intimate. A teacher is there to help you realize this. He cares about you and wants you to cultivate your curiosity because again, not knowing is most intimate. He wants you to reach and to stretch and to check things out for yourself that you don't know, to walk forward like a blind man in the dark, knowing you will find the path. This is a very intimate encounter Emperor and secular spiritual most highs meeting face to face, both saying, I don't know. I have empathy for the emperor. I feel intimate with the emperor. Because we are all the emperor seeking answers, asking ourselves, am I on the right path? Am I on solid ground? I don't know. I do know I can impart my knowledge, but not my wisdom, as you can do the same for me. Only I can find my wisdom and my path. Am I on the right path? I don't know. Not knowing is no most intimate. What I do know is that if any exposition, anything you say to me, anything I reach for or feel makes so much sense, I should beware because anything that dissolves so easily in my mouth cannot be good for me. 
I would prefer to be most intimate and say, I do not know. Can I ask a question that'd be breaking of just of you? Was it the same Bodhidharma that gave the answer empty, there's no holy, and the one who said don't know? Did he, you know, what grow, you shift between those two questions? Nandia, were you trying to say something? I, do, I don't understand your question. Oh. Was it the same person? Well, obviously the, the same person, but did he grow somewhat? Did he realize something? If he had been asked the question again, would he, would he answer in the same way? Well, I guess I should read my thing. I've been thinking all week about why did Bodhidharma leave and why would he never come back and why did he go so far away? And why did he face the wall for nine years? And then I started to ask, why do we do anything? And when do we latch onto an explanation? Would Bodhidharma have answered differently at another time? Did his answer suggest to him that he had a lot of work to do? Not that it was wrong what he said, but it showed that he still was in his head. Maybe coming back would mean that he would again get caught with his discursive mind. So what he left was, he wasn't a very good teacher in a way, I don't think, giving that answer. Even though the answer was, was correct, it, it didn't seem skillful in terms of what, what the emperor might need. And he needed to sit to drop body and mind. Eventually, Emperor Wu becomes a learned practitioner, but I think it maybe was more from Bodhidharma's leaving than from his teaching. And then I put, was it the same Bodhidharma? But what, what would have been the skillful response, do you think? Put his shoe on top of his head, something like that. Instead of don't know? Yes. No, no, the don't know is okay. Maybe don't know for both questions. The empty, there's no holy, that was the unskillful response, you feel? Yes, and not that it was, it was incorrect, but was it skillful in the sense of uh, was it, was useful? Was it what the emperor you, needed to hear? What? He yes. was trying yes. to teach physics to a kindergartner, and it just the kindergartner couldn't grasp it. So it wasn't properly attuned to his audience, just like you've often reminded me that when I share what a teacher said to me, that may have been meant just for me, where I am in my practice and not as sort of a general doctrine for everyone because different people are on different places on their path and on different paths. So, and, and I think the commentary, I, I thank you, Kim, for bringing it up in this way, because at many different points in the, in the commentary, it points to just that, you know, if you throw gems at someone who's not expecting gems, they'll bring out their sword instead of their hands to, to grasp them. And the different little comments that gave me the same impression that he cast jewels that the that the emperor wasn't prepared to catch. We heard the word leaking in what we read in the first case, and there's leaking here. Leaking, did we talk about that leaking? But leaking is is um, well, some of it is is rather than taking a moment to express anger, but uh, the other is is kind of speaking before you think. And this, this, oh, and they, it said that Manjushri leaked when he said the Dharma of the Buddha is thus. Not that it was incorrect. It's, it's exactly the same koan in a way, that in both of them, someone says something that they shouldn't have said. 
and said something that was completely valid, but still not skillful in terms of taking a student to the next place. And I think he caught himself when he said, don't know. That's why I don't think it was the same. He had grown some. He realized his mistake, I think. If the questions were reversed. Like first question was, who are you? Who's facing me? He might have answered Bodhidharma and then um, what's the highest meaning of the, the holy truth? He might have said, don't know. Now, something happens between those two questions for me. You asked earlier in the week, not on screen, but at the Zendo, you had you were speculating as to why he had gone off for nine years. And in my heart, I knew, I just knew, but I don't know, I don't know. I felt like he had gone off for nine years to um, get to know himself better. Yeah, I think he had a lot of work to do. And somehow this interaction suggested that. Well, the, the last uh, bit in parentheses um, points to that. A square house with no surplus goods doesn't prosper. That seems to be referring to Bodhidharma, who he doesn't have a lot extra to run on that he needs to replenish. Um, that seems to be referring to him and, and not the emperor. But retreats do replenish. In my experience. Okay. And we have Milan and we have Melissa, our two M's. Can I share the screen? Of course. Oh, no, not yet. Now you can't. Oops, no. Now you can. Just a minute. Just uh, my opinion and, and your comment is that the answers that he gave were like they are full and valid for me both. And then I kept with the he faced the world for nine years and I will just play this like this is called facing the wall. <laughs> That's beautiful. Supposedly, he 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 uh, made a hole in the wall. He was so focused in the cave. I've I've heard it was a cave, the wall of the cave.
It's great that how you're uh, visualizing these things. Thank you. Melissa? Well, I'm, I, I um, looked at it a little closer to me than perhaps Good. as spiritual as um, others. Um, I think that the introduction is pointing out that sometimes you don't understand or even recognize the value of something given to you. Someone throws a jewel at you, but all you see is an object coming to harm you. So instead of catching it and putting it to good use, you take out your sword and bat it away. It would be good if we were always prepared to welcome others, be it ideas or truths or a person, rather than not ha having prepared for the guest. In the case, I think the dead cat is like saying, if you can't understand or don't see these truths, then you might as well just look at a dead cat. Um, I think uh, Bodhidharma was pointing out that he was there for the emperor, but the emperor did not see him for who he was, not the answer to the emperor's questions, but there to allow the emperor to question and figure out the answers. When the emperor could not do that, Bodhidharma left to find time to reflect on his own about how to better get um, these ideas across. Thank you, that was really good. So should we continue? Yes. Okay, commentary. Since it seems to all be a really long paragraph, just stop wherever you want. And let's read in alphabetical order. And I guess that means I'm first, even if I change my name. Commentary. Prajnatara, once instructed Bodhidharma, our great teacher, 67 years after my death, you will go to China to present the medicine of the great teaching, showing it directly to those of excellent faculties. Be careful not to go too fast and wither under the sun. And when you get there, don't stay in the south. There, they only like fabricated merit and don't see the inner reality of Buddhahood. So, <laughs> so even if you go there, you shouldn't stay too long. And after all, it turned out that he did travel to Lang in the south, cross over into the Wei in the north, and remain unmoving for nine years. In recent times, when Sizu's robe and teaching were requested to Renshan. Renshan said, I am not such a man. Sizu said, not being such a man, you do not afflict him. Because of his deep sense of gratitude for the milk of the true teaching, Renshan raised his downcast eyes and accepted. Sizu went on to say, now you are thus. Most important, don't appear in the world too readily. If you rush ahead and burst out flippantly, you surely get stuck en route. And that seems to be what Bodhidharma did, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay, so next reading would be Melissa. Uh, uh, this Parjit Tars three instructions and uh, Bodhidharma's nine years of sitting are all the same situation. Zaz verse says, willing to endure the autumn frost, 
and so the deep savor of the teaching will last, even though caught alive. After all, he's not lavishly praised. This is suitable as an admission for those in the future. A genuine wayfarer knows for himself the time and season when he appears. Even though Emperor Gu did not comprehend, still comprehend, still he made a point with his question that can be dug into. Even now, everywhere, when they open the hole and trike the gable, they still say, assembly of dragons and elephants at the seat of the Dharma, behold the highest truth. But if it is the ultimate truth. Can it, after all, be seen? Does it admit Emperor Gu's question or Bodhidharma's answer? I say, leaving aside the highest meaning for the moment, what do you want with the holy truths? Ting Han said, just end profane feelings. There is no special holy understanding. The heroic March scripture says, if you create an understanding of holiness, you will succumb to all errors. Just this Bodhidharma saying, empty, there's no holy, undeniably has expert skill and a discerning eye in the light of a spark or flash of lightning. Emperor Wu stayed there dribbling like a fool not backing off, he went on to ask, who are you who replied to me? For Emperor Wu's part, this was still a good intention, but he had hardly realized that for Bodhidharma, it was like being spit in the face. Bodhidharma couldn't help but again offer an, I don't know. Already this is a case of the beauty of the flowers easily fades away. How could you add frost to snow? <laughs> Bodhidharma saw his eyes moving and immediately shifted his body and traveled another road. The ancients sometimes came forth, sometimes stayed put, sometimes were silent, sometimes spoke. All were doing Buddha work. Later, Emperor Wu, after all, thought about a superior man after he had gone and personally wrote an epitaph for him, which said, I saw him without seeing, met him without meeting him. Now, as of old, I regret and lament this. Even though his majesty was just an ordinary man, he presumed to consider Bodhidharma his teacher in retrospect. After Emperor Wu was covered with dust and Bodhidharma had returned to the West, since then no one has brought up the highest meaning of the truth. Fortunately, there is Xing Dong who brings it out for the people. His verse says, empty, nothing holy. Each time you drink water, it hits your throat. The approach is far off. Honest words are better than a red face. Succeeding, he swings the ax without injuring the nose. In an expert's hands, expertise is flaunted. Failing, he drops the pitcher without looking back. What's already gone isn't blamed. Still and silent, coolly he sat at Shaolin. Old, he doesn't rest his mind. Silence, he completely brought up the true imperative. Still, he speaks himself of military devices. The clear moon of autumn turns its frosty disk. Set your eyes on high and look. The Milky Way thin, the dipper hangs down its handle in the night. Who dares to take hold of it? In succession, the robe and bowl have been imparted to descendants. 
don't think falsely. From this humans and divinities have made, from this humans and divinities have made medicine and disease. When an act of heaven has already passed, the emissary should know. Is it you, Kim? Yeah, I'm. I'm just thinking about um, in in Buddhist action. Now we've been talking about fight or flight. Yeah. <clears throat> and which did Bodhidharma do when he went off? You know, I mean, the, the obvious answer is flight. But did he really do fight, flight, or so you know, there to, is to a me, third, third one to that, Kim. Sorry. Which, it's fight, flight, or freeze. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. And what do you think he did? I don't know that he necessarily did any of those after the initial, like, impression. I mean, so those are, are visceral initial responses. I think he left to to learn to be still not freeze to be still is different than to yeah freeze. i like that i like that okay yeah. i'll buy it oh remember what i said let's see beware anything that dissolves so easily in your mouth it cannot be good for you <laughs> <laughs> empty nothing holy the approach is far off the latter expression comes from zhuangzi very far off, not near to human sense. At that time, the patriarch Bodhidharma had been, may have been a bit lacking in 24 expedient technique, but it is hardly realized that unless the medicine stuns you, it won't cure the disease. At first, he immediately brought down a thunderous hand, but now he has already gone this way to take a rest. Therefore, succeeding, he swings the axe without harming the nose. As Wang Ji was attending a funeral procession, as they passed the grave <coughs> of We See, he turned and said to his followers, as Ying Grin was plastering a wall, he splashed a bit on his nose, a spot as big as a fly wing. He had Zhang Shi cut it off. Zhang Shi swung his axe, creating a breeze, and cut it off with a whoosh, closing his eyes, letting his hands swing freely. He cut away the whole spot without injuring Ying Grin's nose. Ying Grin stood there without flinching. Since the death of these people, I have no one capable of being my disciples. Failing, he drops the picture without looking back. Men Grimm of the later Han Dynasty stayed in Taiyan during his travels. Once, as he was carrying a pitcher, it fell to the ground, but he went on without looking back. Xiao Linzong saw this and asked him the meaning. Menem replied, the pitcher is already broken. What's the use of looking back? Linzong considered him unusual because of this and urged him to travel for study. The meaning is that if Emperor Wu had spontaneously acquiesced, Bodhidharma would never have cramped himself to go along with another. If Emperor Wu was baffled, Bodhidharma could brush out his sleeves and immediately leave without regret. In the Golden Palace, he showed his facelessness, managing to say a half, hanging his mouth up on the wall at Shaolin was only 80%. This is like the clear moon of autumn turns its frosty disc. This directly makes use of Payan's poem, 
Everywhere I go, the frosty night's moon falls as it made into the valleys, into the valleys ahead, bringing light to the incomprehensible way of ultimate truth. The incurable. Incurable. incurable, incurable, Thank you. Incomparable way of the ultimate truth. The Milky Way thin and Dipper hangs down its handle in the night. In the talk in the teaching hall, Tan Tain Tong has said, in a spherical dot shines the uttermost subtlety. Where wisdom is effortless, knowledge remains. When clinging thought is cleared away, nothing else is left. In the middle of the night, the dipper handle hangs down in the Milky Way. These two verses are like a mute serving as a messenger. He points out to the people, but like a mute, but can't express it. How could there be a master to discipline transmission, mutual quelling of medicine and disease? This misses the point of all, of, this misses the point all the more. I guess I can finish it. How is it possible to bring up the truth imperative in its entirety? How much tortoise hair thread is used for the flowers in the sky? A stone woman uselessly raises the poison needle. Tisk. <laughs> well, now that it's all clear. <laughs> it brings up almost as many questions as it answers yeah that's good i agree should we read the uh on again If you would like. You want to do it, Melissa? No, okay. Um, Bodhidharma's emptiness, introduction. A man presented a jewel three times, but didn't escape punishment. When a luminous jewel is thrown to anyone, few do not draw their sword. For an impromptu guest, there is no impromptu host. What's appropriate provisionally is not appropriate for the real. If unusual treasures and rare jewels cannot be put to use, I'll bring out the head of the cat. Look. Does someone else want to read? I can, I can continue it. Emperor Wu of Lang asked the teacher Bodhidharma, even getting a, um, I'll skip the, what is the highest meaning of the holy truths? Bodhidharma said, empty, there is no holy. The emperor said, who are you facing me? Bodhidharma said, don't know. The emperor didn't understand. Bodhidharma subsequently crossed the Yangtze River, came to Shaolin, and faced a wall for nine years. That helps me what you said, Nelda, about that it wasn't any one of those three of fight, flight, or freeze. And maybe that's why the nine years is particularly significant as opposed to if it just said, you know, and sat and, and sat quietly or something, mm -hmm. that it was a long time. <laughs> Was, well, does anyone want to say anything or should we go to I our, just um, go just, on. I mean, something that I find a little confusing um, is that 
even in our conversations, um, the things that we're reflecting on or pondering or have questions about can be answered in a relative way or in an absolute way. So just as the question uh, when Bodhidharma split and is like, see you later, Emperor. I'm going to go hang out at Shaolin. Fight, flight, or freeze on the absolute or the relative level. So I just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm perpetually don't knowing how to, um, how these questions land because of this. And how do you feel about being there, perpetually not knowing? Is, is that okay? It's the story of my fucking life. <laughs> you know, so it's just, uh, I don't know if that word can be said because we're recording, but it's gone from the lips. But, um, Nandia, yeah, I think welcome, that that's a shift. Welcome to the human race, Nandia. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've been a member for a while. I, I, um, I, I think that shifts, Kim. I don't think it's, um, you know, how that lands and my relationship to it, to the don't know, um, my level of ease or uh, discomfort or torment it it varies it's not a it's not a known quantity it depends yeah we spend a lot of energy coming up with these answers that aren't even you know correct just just so it, it's attachment isn't it wanting an answer like right. why did why right. did he do that? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Well, and the wanting to un even just the even basic, uh, just wanting to understand or feeling like there is a certain X to be understood. Don't know. S someone, uh, he's Kim, really a. Kim, if I may say this, because sure. I think it follows and. It's important for me to save only to myself. I think the hardest part of Zen practice at the beginning, really the hardest and still very hard, um, was born of a personal imperative from childhood, needing to know, having to know, because I was the one upon who was relied upon to take action to avert a, a probable harm. All right. So that sort of was the way that my that life became embodied for me, having to have the answer at all times, having to think of all the contingencies, having not to risk um, imminent harm in some way, on some level. And the not knowing has been excruciating at times for me. Um, for that very reason, because my body and my mind and my emotions had been trained up to always know the answer, to always know all of the um, contingency, um, contingent possibilities and a plan for each of them. And so, um, yeah, hard for me, that is the hardest part of practice when we are asked to let go and just flow, I'm like, dang, you're asking me to walk through the fire. Um, I'm much more comfortable in the fire of coming up with all the solutions, right, to potential problems that may never even happen. Um, so I think that in part, at least for me, I can't speak for anyone else, this practice is challenging for each of us in our own way, given what our personal imperatives have been, and 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 the different things that it this practice um, asks us to open to, 
And our, our education is all focused toward knowing, isn't it? Coming up with answers. I love that Peg keeps saying, you know, stay curious. And that's an alternative, isn't it, to finding answers? Like, why did he do that? Why did he say that to me? Someone had a completely different reading. Oh, I know what it was. An email was sent to to um, four people and someone came to a really quick decision about why one of the people was included in that email, you know, a very definite thing and caused them a lot of uh, kind of anguish. Like, so why, why, why was that other person? They had an answer and, you know, as opposed to staying curious. Like, when I read it, I just thought, oh, you know, that made sense. So anyway, we all read well, those things differently. Well, and that's the thing, too. Um, one of the things I always tried to impart, however badly, uh, to my children and to people that I'm teaching is that you, before you get angry or before you make a decision, ask a question. Right. Don't don't automatically assume anything if you're if you're curious or keep your curiosity right if if you don't understand something that's okay just ask a question don't assume and i think to me the interesting things about all of this is that it can be uh, i guess you taken where you are you can look at them very simplistically as what is it trying to say to me or what is it trying to lead me to understand but then you can go oh there's you know there's so many levels and a much much deeper meaning and is it okay to just look at the the first part and then maybe come back sometime and look for the deeper meaning and again and again and i think that that's that's kind of where bodhidharma was he 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 was expecting a, a deeper question and, and a deep, maybe even a deeper discussion, and then it wasn't there, and he felt it was, maybe he needed to go think about how come it hadn't come. That, that's just me. Now, I had one teacher who was a photo teacher who, was, who really out of curiosity could ask questions like, why did you do that? And not, you didn't feel at all in his mind that he had anything, but he, he was really curious and wanted to know. I don't know why it struck me with that. And I, I haven't experienced that quite with someone else. Usually, you know, there's something in their intonation that they already know why you did that. And they're asking you maybe to confirm what they think or, or it's not gonna even change their mind. Do other I, people have that feeling sometimes? I, when... I really resonate. I, I just, I think what you're saying is so important because we can, verbally express curiosity when in fact we have our own agenda that we're either wanting someone to respond in a particular way or there's there's like this underlying judgment in uh our our expression so i i think what you're describing with your photo teacher is really beautiful and what curiosity truly is about. It's about opening and receiving. And not knowing, is it? Yes. And not knowing. Yes. And being okay with that. And, and Nelda, you'd never do that as a, in a trial, would you? <laughs> Ask a question I don't know the answer to? Yeah, I mean, you never. wouldn't. <laughs> okay. Never. <laughs> really bad idea. Never. <laughs> you might get the wrong answer. <laughs> well, I, I think that last line, a, a house with no surplus goods doesn't prosper, oh. is very telling. It, it, if you don't have something to give or something to ask or something to do, whatever, it, we go. you're never going to get anywhere, um, right? If you, if you always think you don't, you don't have anything to say, anything to give, anything to feed somebody, then the people who you who you might learn something from or 
give something to are, are not going to come to you. They're, they're not, and you're going to wither away because you don't have anything, anything there extra to give. And I really am curious about this. Thank you for that, for pointing that sentence out, Melissa. When I read that, because it, it follows the sentence that Bodhidharma subsequently crossed the Yangtze River um, and faced a wall for nine years, that sentence didn't seem to fit for me. And, and maybe it didn't fit in my construct. My construct was, is that he may have crossed the river and faced the wall for nine years because he didn't know who he was and needed to be in each, which parts of himself he needed to bring forth in each moment as a teacher. Um, uh, and so when I saw that, I'm like, he had many surplus goods, many gifts and talents, and maybe one he was mm, lacking or lesser in at the time, obviously from his interaction from Emperor Wu was his timing was bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he might've waited to give that particular answer a little further uh, down along the emperor's, um, I guess, experience in the practice. So does that, uh, I'm, I'm, I am curious, does, is anyone having sort of that dissonance that I'm having of assuming he had no surplus goods or, or well, certainly he felt something was lacking because I mean, for me, okay. because having needing to go, go and sit for nine years, but maybe, uh, you know, a lot of times Peg would say things like, well, you don't know that you don't know that. And how do we hold that? That that's harder. That would probably be her response. In fact, I'm, I I was going to be talking to her for and then um, today I was going to ask her some questions about this, and um, she had a conflict, and so we're going to talk Friday. So, well, what about what about this? Perhaps it's not referring to the fact that Bodhidharma had no had a house with no surplus goods but the end that he entered a house with no surplus goods so the 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 emperor was not where he needed to be to receive the truths he didn't have whatever it was he needed in his in his life or in whatever he didn't have anything surplus in within himself so and and perhaps Bodhidharma didn't recognize that, which is why he is facing the wall to try to, to understand how to recognize where not necessarily himself, he, he knows himself and he knows all these great and wonderful truths, but to be able to recognize in someone else that it's not the right time. Milan has a comment I would really like. She keeps trying to unmute herself, but no chance. Sorry. Thank you. No, I just wanted to say that uh, that I was feeling a little uncomfortable hearing on the assumptions of if Bodhidharma thought or felt or this or that, because we do not know that. And I felt a little lost in the conversation but to me like the fact is that he did answer something and then he went and faced the wall for nine years <laughs> and for me that's the teaching the fact and whatever we think if he did whatever in our minds for me is not relevant i just wanted to share that and for me it's such um teaching having heard that he said empty and that he said don't know and then that he went and worked with himself for nine years as the buddha worked six years i think so that was my comment thank you and that's a good way to end the, this case isn't it shall we read the next one we then? don't know we don't know <laughs> here we go 
Who'd like to read? Nandia can read. Thank you, Nandia. Um, I don't see it, but it probably says number three somewhere up there. Oh, it does. Ah, case three. The Invitation of the Patriarch to Eastern India. Introduction. The state before the beginning of time, a turtle heads for the fire. The one phrase specifically transmitted outside of doctrine, the lip of a mortar bears flowers. Now tell me, is there any accepting and upholding, reading and reciting in this? Case. A Raja of an East Indian country invited the 27th Buddhist patriarch, Prajnatara, to a feast. Over and over, he'll be paying back the death debt of his mouth. The Raja asked him, why don't you read scriptures? Whoever receives a salary without service is uneasy in sleeping and eating. The patriarch said, this poor wayfarer doesn't dwell in the realms of the body or mind when breathing in, doesn't get involved in myriad circumstances when breathing out. I always reiterate such a scripture, hundreds, thousands, millions of scrolls. The preceding lecture in eulogy was an unlimited excellent cause. So I will say one thing, but you can shoot me if you if I shouldn't. But um, this is this idea of do you need scriptures? Do you read scriptures? Is the big debate at the time in Buddhism between Zen and other forms of Buddhism. So I I, I think that's um, kind of relevant here. And it goes back to case one, doesn't it, in a sense? Go on. It's case one, and then what did you say? What you just what what you were just commenting on, oh. the, the debate goes back to case one about people saying, Oh, this is the Dharma is spoken or exhibited, or this, you know, you can see that debate in, in case and, one. And and two, and maybe maybe and in all one hundred that we're going to read. <laughs> You know, and then and then uh, Nadia talked about the relative and the absolute, and, and the absolute it goes way beyond. Okay, are we done for the evening? Thank you all. Thank you, Nelda. Can yeah. I ask you something when we're done? You can ask anything. Okay. Safe safe travels, Kim. Good night.